I'm going to re be reading from Mark 6 and 53 today. And it says this, Immediately he spoke to them and said, this is Jesus, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. That's a pretty great line to start with. When you just realize the story before this was that they were on the, uh, they, there was a miracle of feeding the 5,000. I've missed that out today. I've missed out that Jesus just walked on water. So this must be quite a good message if I can leave those parts out and still be confident that this is gonna be great for God speaking into our lives today. He says, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. You know, for someone here today, actually that's the message for you. Take courage, Jesus is here. What have you been thinking about? All of those things that you've been worrying about? Take courage, because Jesus is here. Don't be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat with them, just for a moment. Jesus says, I'm with you, and then he's actually with them. Have you ever heard people say things like, oh yeah, I'm with you, and then you never hear from them for like a year? <laughs> Jesus says, no, I'm gonna do great miracles. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. And then he climbs into the boat with them. That's the kind of God that I love, that wants to do this journey with us. And it says that the wind died down. And that's not even the message for today. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves and their hearts were hardened. I like that verse, why? Because they didn't know it all, the disciples didn't know it all, but God still chose to use them. And I don't know if you're brand new on this journey here today, or if you look at other people and you think, oh, well, they're doing better than me. You know what I love about this Bible? Is there's a bunch of ordinary people who trusted in God and God used them to do the miraculous. And God would use you today as well. And when they had crossed over, they landed at Genesaret and they anchored there. And as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. Now I need your help here today. I want you to repeat after me the word recognized. Okay, you with me? I'm gonna say recognized and then I want you to say recognized back. If you're online, I want you to do that. If you're in Tuaco, I want you to make some noise in that room. If you're in chapel, come on, we can make a lot of room in that, that, that place as well. Uh, on the count of three, I want you to say recognized. One, two, three. Okay, I could actually hear chapel over you guys. That's how quiet it was in this room. I reckon we could try that again. On the count of three, people in the back, you're not just spectators, okay? I can see you there. You can make some noise as well. On the count of three, recognize one, two, three. Okay, brilliant. This time I want you to say it with a little bit of a gangster. You know, recognize, you know, like you might even want to have a little bit of a, I don't know how to do it, but uh, one of those, yeah, there, thank you very much, Grant. There, I want you to do it one, one more time. One, two, three, I want you, oh, it's just a second. I want you to say recognize on three. One, two, three. <laughs> well, we're not very gangster in this room, but maybe in Tuaco we made it today. They said that people recognized Jesus and they ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard that he was. And wherever he went into villages, towns and countryside, they placed the sick in marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all who touched him were healed. They recognized that Jesus was here. And when they recognized him, their conclusion was, uh, their conclusion equaled their response. Now, I wanna speak to us on this first Sunday back together in, in buildings today 
about, do you know who Jesus is? Do you know all about him? Do you, can, you, can you say, hey, this is what he is and all of that? Or do you recognise Jesus? And does your recognition of Jesus change the way that you live? Because there was a bunch of people who recognised Jesus was here and their response was to get everybody I know to him. That was their response. They recognised that he was here and they ran away. Isn't that an amazing response? That Jesus would show up and your first response is to run away from him. Because you realise he's here and people are gonna get healed because Jesus is here. People are gonna get saved because Jesus is here. They responded so quickly to go away and find others because he was the answer. I don't know what the question is, but he's the answer. I don't know what's wrong with you, but he's the, he's the healer. I don't know what's going on in your world, but he is your hope. Whatever's going on, they, their response was when they recognised that Jesus was here, that they couldn't help but be compelled to go and get their workmates. They couldn't be, they couldn't, oh, they couldn't, they, they couldn't do anything else but realise their family needed to be here. I thought, wow, what a response. I mean, I've been a Christian for a little while. I started on this journey as a Christian with black hair. That's how long. And I've got to tell you, there's days that I don't know if I recognize Jesus in my workplace, in my family. I know who he is. I know a lot about him. But is it producing a response to realize that I need to get more people to him? Going through my holidays, had my quiet time, took that off my box. But do I recognize that Jesus is here? That Jesus is with me? And people's lives, including mine, can be changed. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats. And wherever they heard he was, and whenever, uh, wherever they went into villages, towns, and countrysides, they placed the sick in marketplaces because they recognized that Jesus was here. I don't know how you recognize people. Maybe just this thought is when, can you recognize people when you enter a room and they were the last one there? You know what I'm talking about? You walk in somewhere and you go, hey, that perfume or that, 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 that scent or, or good or bad. Yep, Jimmy was here, you know, like... Yeah, I, I, that, that, my mum was here, and I know that, 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 that perfume. I, I, I know that, that, that scent. Are you with me? You walk into a room, and, and you know who's been there. Sometimes you walk into a kitchen, and you know who was the last one to be cooking. Because it smells amazing. Or oh, there's dishes everywhere. We recognise people by the scent that they leave, the impact that they have. We recognise people by their presence by their smell, by what they left behind, good and bad. They, we recognise people by their profession, their car, their clothes, their music, their house, their, those things. And, and, and we recognise people by their voice. And when they recognise Jesus, the word here is the word ra'a in Hebrew. It, it means that when they when they saw, when they weighed, when they regarded, when they recognised, when they concluded, when they did all of those things, they realised that He was Jesus. That is the moment that they had that they were compelled to go and find people in their world to bring to Him. Because they realised 
that he could change lives, that he could change eternity, that he could change sickness to health, that he could change an eternity going this way to an eternity going this way. And the response was to get people to him, to get their world to him. There's a story about a, a, a lady who went, on, who went on to become a screenwriter and, and she did so well that she, she got multiple uh, Academy Award nominees. She talks about this moment in her writing uh, history where she decided that she wanted to be a writer. It was because of a class in journalism that she took. She said they went into the class, it was the first day. And she said that when they went into the class, the, the lecturer sat them down and said, hey, I'm gonna give you a sheet of paper and it's got all of the facts. I want you to look at the facts on this piece of paper and I want you to write a headline. Are you with me? So you know how nowadays we just call it clickbait? <laughs> yeah, when you, when you see it, but it used to be called a headline. And you meant to look at all of the facts, you meant to look at all of the things in here, and you've gotta find something that you would make the headline of the story. So it said everybody on, it's their first day in this journalism class and everyone back then used to have typewriters. It was a while ago. People were like, type what? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's like the keyboard on your phone, you know? And, um, and, uh, and so they started tapping away on these things, trying to work out the best solutions uh, for the story. The, 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 the teacher had written down uh, 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 that, uh, Kenneth L. Peters, the principal of Beverly Hills High School, which they were attending, announced today that the entire school faculty will travel to Sacramento next Thursday uh, with a whole bunch of teaching, uh, new methods coming through. Among the speakers will be Margaret Mead, the college president, and Dr. Uh, uh, Maynard Hutchins, and, and a bunch of other names that I can't even uh, say them all. And, 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 and it went on and on about who was speaking and how important this, this meeting was going to be and how all of those things had that. And here's all of these, these journalists, uh, first-year journalists, reading and looking into, trying to work out, how can I write a headline for this? And, and they, they spent about 30 minutes trying to work out how to do that. And then they had to give in their pieces of paper back to the lecturer. The lecturer took all of the pieces of paper and went back to his desk and he sat there and he read through them. Mm. 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 What people had done was try to take all of the facts and take all of the facts and bring it down to one small point that they could tell about how important this thing was. He read through one after one after one after one, went through the, all, of the, all of them and just sat there and then he said, as a high school student, the headline is, there's no school on Thursday. If all of the staff have gone away, there's no school on Thursday. And you know what? We can live a life where we take in all of the information and we can take in all of the facts, we can even read our Bible and just look at all of the information that comes in and miss the thing that is actually the thing that we need to know, the thing that should stand out. What I love about this verse is that, yes, Jesus fed the thousands and that Jesus walked on water, but when people recognized Jesus, a response came over them that they knew that he was the hope and they needed to get their world to them. As a Christian, what's your headline? What's your headline that you would, 
that you would say, this is what wakes me up, this is what gets me going, that's what, when someone asks me why I go to church or why I believe in Jesus, I have a response, what's your headline? You know what people don't want? They don't wanna know who's speaking at this conference. They don't wanna know who's, who's, doing, uh, who's saying this and who's doing that. They want to know if Jesus is the hope of the world or not. And are we living a life to connect them with that hope? Are we living a life to connect them with that? See, what they tried to do is do the why, what, when, who of the peace. When you ra'ah, when you recognise Jesus, you take inventory, you weigh, you regard, you take all of the information and you construct the whole from the sum. And our headline is, church, what's our headline? What's your headline? When you read the Bible, what's the headline? You know what? I've spent times doing this in my quiet time, just trying to simply do that. Read a bunch of, a bunch of Scripture and then just go, okay, what's the headline? Actually, there's a whole lot of really cool things in there. There's a whole lot of things that I geek out on in there. There's a whole lot of things I don't understand in there. But what's actually the headline? There's someone touched the corner of his garment and they were healed. That, that, that someone pushed through all of these other things and touched. What's the headline in your world with Jesus? If you're online here today and you're just brand new at this, I gotta tell you that Jesus is the hope of the world. I gotta tell you that He loves you, that He's gave His Son Jesus to die on the cross for you. And if you would accept Him, you can step into a relationship of eternity with Him. I gotta tell you there's great news, but are we just knowing the information? Or are we responding to that information of who Jesus is? I've got to tell you, it's a challenge. It's a massive challenge. But Jesus wants us to be people who would take inventory of who He is, weigh and recognize and regard, and what is your conclusion? There's a Psalm 46 that says, uh, in 1 to 3, it says, God is our refuge and strength our ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the, its waters roar and foam and its mountains quake with their surging. I don't know when you read that verse is whether you can find a headline. When you read that verse, is it, is it have we got that one? Brilliant. If, when we read that verse, if you just took a moment to be able to read that, what is the headline that you get? God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though uh, the earth give way. Could you take a moment to realise what's the headline? The reality is for different people, it's a different headline. For Tonga today, that verse has a different headline. And for you, you might be going through a storm. You might be going through a, a very present trouble. You might be going where you feel like the mountains are uh, falling into the sea. But you know what my, my headline for that is? Is that God is my refuge and strength. What's going on? I'm not sure. But He's my refuge and strength. What does that mean? That I can hide in Him. That He's the one who will make me strong. Have you ever been smart enough to think you can do it by yourself? <laughs> we were talking the other day, we had our family come with us on holiday and 
Uh, my kids are growing up now. Um, my daughter's 22 and my son's 25. Wow. And we're just talking and we have this thing that we call ourselves, I know it sounds a little bit, um, uh, we, we call ourselves the J team. My last name is Jafiers. Not Jeffries, not Jafaris, not Jeffrey, not all of those things you call me. My last name's Jafiers, but we're called the J team. And we're talking about it as a family and it was really cool talking to our growing up kids and they said, you know what we love about the J team? It's a little bit of a geeky name. It's not the coolest name. But I reckon we're a team. I've got this really cool thing that happened when I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I stepped into a covenant with him. So when I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, maybe you've done that. Or maybe you're about to do that today. When you step into a covenant with Jesus, it means now you're a team. The cool thing about this agreement that you step into is you bring all your brokenness, all your rudeness, all your, all your things that you're not that great at, and some of the things you are good at into the relationship, but God brings all of his good. He brings his hope, he brings his joy, he brings his salvation, he brings his healing, he brings it all. And now, why would I think I could do it by myself when I have that? See, Jesus... He's my headline. I've been doing a Hebrew study on the Old Testament and it's just been blowing, blowing my mind. But when you go through the scriptures again and again, right from Genesis right through, and you, you go through trying to learn out, I've been trying to learn how uh, uh, Hebrew, ancient Hebrew literature was written and why it was written and trying to understand those things. A geek, I tell you, I'm a geek. And, uh, and all I've found out is that it's all about Jesus. This is a unified story about how Jesus is my answer. That's the headline of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. But what am I going to do about it? I've asked the team to join me because sometimes I get these headlines in songs. Are you like me? Like you get like a favorite song and you just play it again and again and again and again. And some of you do that with Christian songs as well. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to ask you if you're in Tuaco, if you're in uh, the chapels gathering today, if you're here, would you stand up with me? Here's one song I reckon is one of those songs. I'm going to ask you to sing it with me today. I would try and help out, but that might take us in the wrong direction. But I think a headline, a headline is where we start with Jesus. A headline is where we come and we realize that He is our answer, He is our hope, and the team are going to help me out today. Saint Christ is enough. And Christ is enough for me.
I'm going to ask us to do it again. I know, I know you're standing in the other gatherings as well. Maybe online you're standing with us as well. But I want to ask you, is that something you need to declare today? You've got a whole lot of things going on. Is Christ enough for you today? If that was the only thing that you were winning at right now, is that enough? Because it is. In eternity, that is enough. And maybe here today, you just gotta get yourself, you gotta realign yourself. You gotta recognize again. You gotta say, you know, when I weigh all things, I just gotta get back. I know there's someone here today and stuff's going down in your family and you cannot sleep at night. You cannot sleep at night, but I'm just declaring today that Christ is enough for you. But would you declare that today as well? There's someone's business, you're not sure if it's going to make it through the next season. I'm going to tell you, A, that Jesus is going to bring a breakthrough in that, but I also declare today that Christ is enough. And when we sing it this time, if you've got some, some breath in those lungs, if you can, you can declare today, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to declare today that Christ is enough. Christ is enough for your family. Christ is enough for your finance, Christ enough for your health, Christ is enough for your future and we're going to declare it today in every campus, come on we're going to sing online, join with us today screen but it talks about how Jesus is in a storm with the disciples and he's in the boat with them and the storm's getting higher and higher and the thing is that they start freaking out and they start waking I'm not sure about you Jesus is in the boat and I'm in a storm man I need him to wake up and do something about it so they start to do that and they're shaking him and then he stands up and he says hey stop it and it says that the waters and the waves obey him and it calms down what's the headline of that story is whatever storm you're in, it has to obey Jesus. 
His voice can declare to your storm. His miracle can come. And whatever you're facing right now, whatever's going on in your world, whatever is keeping you awake at night, whatever is overwhelming you, whatever is bringing anxiety or depression, all of those things that are over those things, what's the headline? Is that whatever rocks your boat, whatever swamping you, overcoming you, uh, has to obey Him. What threatens to sink you has to obey Jesus. I reckon Jesus can sleep in a storm because He's not really worried about the storm because He knows the outcome. Now the problem is I don't try and work at all and I get all tired by trying to do all the things that I can do and I forget I'm in covenant with Him. And actually Christ is enough for me. I chose the cross. I put the world behind me. So Jesus, would you do you? But I'm challenged by this verse because my first go-to was always me. In fact, we're gonna take a moment. If that's you here today, online, in any of our campuses here in this room, and you're overwhelmed, there's storm coming right now through your life, I wanna pray for you. Would you lift your hand wherever you are? We're gonna pray. Here's a bunch of you, don't be shy. But we pray. But we need you to wake up in the boat. Well, we've been trying with all of our energy, but really we're handing it over to you now. Would you speak to it? Would you cause a storm to, to stop, to obey you? Lord, my business, to obey you. Lord, my workplace, Lord, it would come up, whatever's going on, there's someone here today, you're, you're, you're worried about going back to work. God, would you do a miracle? Marriage, God, would you do a miracle? Family, God, would you do a miracle? Lord, we're praying and we're declaring now that that storm would stop and that your peace would come and we would be in awe of you. In Jesus' mighty name, do that miracle now. You can pop your hands back down. But then I also realise when I read that verse, who do I need to get to Jesus? Because if you can do it for me, I'm not that great. You can do it for everyone. And they recognised and they weigh and they concluded that they needed to get their friends and family to Him. There's another story in Mark 7 and 1 to 7 and it says this, that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law had come to Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus and saw the disciples eating food. They said their hands are unclean, that is unwashed. And the Pharisees and the Jews went on to, to make a whole lot of complaints. Jesus was there and they were complaining about this and they were complaining about that. They were bringing up facts and figures and all of those kind of things. And I read the verse and my heart cries because you know what, we can do that. We can bring up all of the facts and all of the things and miss that Jesus is the answer. And the headline is that, <laughs> that He can and that He will. And we make it about all of these other things. I don't know about you, but I have a logical brain and I always try and go to the logic and that's no faith in my logic. And sometimes I just realise, I remember, you know those things that you know that you forget? You forget you know them and then you remember them and you're oh, that's right. That it takes faith to please God. What are you trying to do that has no faith in it right now that you need to just hand over to God and say, God, I'm gonna give it to you. All of my logic says it's going this way, but I can't please you with logic. I can please you with faith. We're gonna sing again. 
because these guys are so good. And if there's an area that you're believing for or there's an area that's worrying you or if there's an area that you've taken upon yourself and it's time to give it back to God, as we sing, Christ is enough, I'm, I'm gonna ask you, is he? Would you weigh him in this song? Would you recognize him? Would you see him? Not just know about him, but actually see God. One of the worst things it says about the word ra'ah is that not just naturally, but supernaturally, you would see him. See, when you see a situation, not just naturally, but supernaturally, there's an answer. And it's Jesus. So we're gonna sing. Christ is enough for me. beaches to go to and burger things to go to tonight. But I wanna encourage you, do you recognize Jesus? When you walk into your workplace, have you walked into your workplace and gone, oh, Jesus is here? Do you know His presence? As I say, when I walk into a room, I know where my mum, whether my mum's been there. Because my mum has a, has a perfume that she wears, I know that, I know that, that, that smell. I also know, because we were just talking before, my mum irons everything. If you walk into a room and the tea towels are ironed, my mum was there, you know? You can walk into a place and you can tell when someone's there. And you know what? That God's everywhere. When you walk into your family, is God there? Well, guess what? His presence is there. Would you be able to connect with it and recognise it and believe that God could do a miracle in your boat? Man, I'm just, I just believe right now there's someone, there's just something so big going on in your family. Jesus wants to get into your boat and He wants to bring calm and stillness to it and He's gonna bring a breakthrough to your family. Jesus wants to get into your business. There's someone here and you've actually been trying to do it by yourself. Jesus wants to get into your boat, your business boat, your hobbies boat, your giftings boat your studies boat. The problem is we want God sometimes to help us over there, but we don't want Him to get in here. And God wants us to come, God wants to live and do, we, we do this thing together. Their verse about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, see, they fixated on the issues 
when hope, the hope of the world was in their presence. I know you've never done that. Probably the people at North. None of us. We fix, fixate on all of, the, all of the issues, but the hope of the world is right there, but we tell them all about the things that are wrong. He was in their reach and they told him about everything. They reported all of the facts. They reported everything that they knew. They went on and on and on and Jesus was there. It's like trying to write the news headline and just reporting all of the facts. Jesus already knows, but His presence is here. His presence is in your life. And in 2022, I pray, I know Pastor Jan and Sheridan pray that you would know God's presence. So much so that it would equal the way that we would change the way that we live. Not just to know it for me, but to know it that I know that I need to bring others to Him. I love the people that knew everything. When Jesus came to the planet with the people that missed out on Him. Well, I don't love that. I love that because it was the people who knew nothing that just said, if I could just touch him, I reckon he could change my life, were the ones that were healed. You don't have to know everything, guys. Remember being a young Christian, Mr. Smarty Pants. Thought, man, after 10 years, I'll know everything. After 10 years, I knew less than I did when I started. <laughs> I had more questions. I needed to learn more. There was more things that God wanted to speak to me about. You don't have to know everything. You just have to know where to go to and who the answer is. Before we finish, we're gonna sing one more time that song. And if you need to know God's presence, I believe that the power of God's gonna move through this building. It's gonna move through your home, through Tuaco and through our chapel gathering as well. The presence of God's gonna, gonna, gonna move. And I want you to grab hold of it. I want you to know what it is and I want you to call out to it today. So would you stand all over this place? We're nearly finished. And if that's you today, do you recognise Jesus? Do you recognise the Spirit of God? Do you know the presence of God actually does have a smell? Do you know that the that you can, you can tell when the presence of God is doing things. And we wanna be better at doing that, but I'm gonna ask that God would move in hearts and lives that we will sing. Even in your home today, I believe the presence of God's gonna fill your room, gonna fill your bedroom, your lounge, wherever you're walking today. Our chapel gathering, the presence of God's gonna fill it. This room here, the presence of God's gonna fill it. Tuoco right now, come on, we're gonna sing. Christ is enough for me. Come on, presence of God, move, we pray.
right now, the presence of God's here in each room and in your room. And Lord, we don't wanna just move by, but we wanna you to move in our lives. We need you, we need your presence. We need your hope, we need your joy. Lord, we need you to move in our family, our workplace. We need to know you. We don't wanna live a life that we just hear about you. We wanna know where you are and what you're doing and we wanna be part of it. Lord, we pray that this year that we would recognise you, recognise you, recognise you, recognise you. And our headline is that we need you and we need to get others to you. Lord, we declare today that you're our answer and that your presence would move in our lives. Right now, people are getting ideas. There's people getting ideas. There's someone in business, God just gave you an idea. You were singing and you were thinking, I'm meant to be talking about Jesus, but God's given me an idea for my business. That's the presence of God. There's someone here today, God just spoke to you about apologising to someone. Well, you know, that's the presence of God to talk to you about that. You need to go and do that. See, when the presence of God's around, He shows you what the next step is to open those things up. I declare over people's lives the presence of God. In fact, when you walk into places, people are going to know that God's there because you illuminated Him in the very situation. We declare the presence of God, Lord, over our lives, over our businesses, families, schools, Lord, wherever we are, university, Lord, we declare your presence would come and your presence would move and your power would be there in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said amen.